Welcome to your New Hampshire National Guard podcast. We are always ready, always there. This podcast series is a production of the State Public Affairs Office. Hello, I'm Tech Sergeant Charles Johnson with Public Affairs. I'm here today at Pease Air National Guard Base for this episode of the podcast. I'm joined by Senior Airman Ashton Steen, Staff Sergeant Chris Wood, and his brother, Tech Sergeant Sean Wood of Pease's Vehicle Management Section. Thanks for joining me today. Thanks for having us. Glad to be here. Same. Tech Sergeant Wood, can you describe what your day-to-day duties and responsibilities uh, in the shop are? I guess as a uh, as a whole in the vehicle management section, um, we've we're as a shop we're responsible for quite a few things. Uh, in general, it's anything to do with vehicle assets um, and equipment assets. You could call it too, uh, from acquisition, assignment, disposition, uh, maintenance, and just repairs. Um, we've got everything from general day-to-day tasks and breakdowns. Um, as well as scheduled maintenance is our, I, I would say, our primary um, focus is, of course, maintaining the, tr- you know, well, I'll just call them trucks. So that, in, in layman's terms, we fix trucks, you know. Um, for the most part, it's pretty busy work. Uh, like I said, we have scheduled maintenance stuff, so that's just your general things you, like you do on your typical car. Um, that's from regular cars and trucks that you'd see on the road all the way up to large um Larger assets, you know, construction equipment, things like that, backhoes, and Air Force-specific pieces of equipment. Um, we've got some pretty unique stuff on the base. Um, but, of course, day-to-day mission, whenever that happens, you're going to have breaks, you're going to have accidents, you're going to have just general wear and tear on stuff. And uh, we're responsible for a little bit of everything. So, And then, uh, like I said, for when it comes to management, you know, the management aspect of the job, you know, that's getting vehicles you know we have shops that have certain requirements or want certain requests you know um, part of our shop's responsibilities is getting those things to them you know figuring out what they need assigning them respectively and then as stuff wears out you know things get old we got to turn them in you know here in the military we keep it for a long long time as long as we can and but eventually stuff gets to a point you just can't any longer so um, I guess in a nutshell that's uh, that's probably mostly what we do oh Follow up on that, yeah. I mean, we just we fix trucks, really. Everything from small little pickup trucks to huge fire trucks and specialty equipment, uh, construction equipment, things of that nature. So we're responsible for obviously knowing how to operate all of these things very well to be able to diagnose them. But that's the primary duty. So diagnostics and repairing them. So I'd say a majority of our uh, actual labor is fixing things that break, not just a scheduled maintenance piece, which is kind of interesting. Uh, Senior Armistine, you're a fleet manager. Yep. Uh, so I basically am on the computer all the time looking at what vehicles need to come in for inspections, what need oil changes, and then which mechanic would be best to be put on these vehicles. The higher up um, will tell me what to put these guys on, and then it's basically their job to fix it. <laughs> So you kind of work in the the command center. It's it's the logistical brain of the operation. Yeah, basically, it's, that's what we do. I I will stay in the office the majority of the time. Now, the layman's terms I always describe is think of them like a service writer. Yeah. And we're the mechanics. That's the easiest way to kind of correlate the two. Picking up phone calls if people 
um, break down, stuff like that. <laughs> yep. She's uh, essentially coordinating the maintenance for us. Um, she's essentially as a fleet manager, she's the liaison between the customer and the technicians, you know, us turning the wrenches. They're coordinating everything. I've visited you at your shop before and you, you folks are busy. Has COVID posed any additional challenges and increased your workload in any way? It has in a couple ways is um, for us being a relatively um, small shop in regards to manpower and relatively high in regards to uh, asset numbers. Um, we're already pretty busy. We, we, we stay pretty maxed out. Um, so during the COVID time period, if we had somebody that was out sick or um, had to telework things along those lines, that definitely provided uh, some logistical issues for us, you know, just being more shorthanded. And then that, of course, tailed into uh, just throughout the whole country, throughout the whole world, really, you know, the, the, our biggest issues probably been parts acquisition, which has always been difficult. And then as time's gone on, it's definitely gotten more difficult, especially in the COVID time period. We've got the simplest, smallest pieces that you'd look at and say, oh, you can just buy that at the store or Home Depot kind of thing. Well, you can't find them, and some of those small things have taken us six, eight weeks just to get. And it definitely makes the job difficult when we can see what the repair is, and it's really small, tiny stuff, an oil filter. We've had oil filters take weeks just to get from anywhere. And it's, it's, a, it's been eye-opening for sure, just dealing with what would normally be a minor inconvenience turns into a big problem. I agree. You go to very different schools to do your jobs. Mechanics, you, what is it about? You were telling me 16 weeks? Yeah, about 16 weeks. And is, is the training that you receive similar to a civilian mechanic, or do you think there's differences? I'd say there's uh, quite, a, quite a few differences. I, I've worked in the outside world, too. So the best way to describe the Air Force, as far as vehicle maintenance goes, tech school, they really are taking, I mean, you're, you're, you're mixed in with active duty personnel as well as guard, but you're also actually, for the first 10 weeks, you're integrated with the Navy as well, which is really interesting. But you're, you're very much learning the core basics. I mean, the, the most simplistic basics, essentially somebody that has never even popped the hood of a vehicle before. They, they're pretty much starting you there. For, so for, for a lot of us, a large portion of the tech school was kind of... A little too, sim little too simple. Yeah, a bit, a bit too simple is the best way to put it. So the pieces that you move into that are more specialty related, you know, Air Force equipment related, things of that nature were more beneficial. But the it's the type of job where what you really learn is when you really do the job. And that's that's the majority of it. Most of, you know, I'll say our guys, you know, our, our, our people that are mechanics when they came in and, and they, you know, they go to tech school, they get the basics. Okay, we can put them out here. We got a lot of books for CDCs and things like that. And we have specialty schools that we can send people to for the most part. But I'd say 90% of anything you're going to learn, you're on the floor. And that's that's how you got to learn it. And that's how we learn it. Outside world, it's really not all that different um, in, in that aspect, depending on what you do. If you work in a small mom and pop shop, that's all. That's that's where all you're learning. That's where you're going to learn everything. Big dealerships, they have their specialty training and it's kind of you as you progress through the years, you go to more and more training to learn things. But still, I mean, you're learning it on the job. Senior Airman Steen, I think you told me that your school was about six weeks. Yes, it was very short. And, it, yeah. It, it was uh, actually in Texas, so it was, it was pretty fun. But it was uh, very quick. 
I didn't I, I didn't mind it being quick though. <laughs> What were some of the skills that you learned, and did you possess any of those before you joined? Um, we basically had to learn everything fresh um, uh, because we were on a program that we use every day called DPASS. So we had to learn that, and um, yeah, that was basically it. So you're busy. You're sometimes short-staffed. Obviously, there's been the supply chain thing that I think you kind of touched on a little bit that's made your job a little bit more challenging at times recently but I get the distinct impression from being over there and watching you all work together that you like your jobs I love my job I couldn't see myself doing anything other than this but that's just me you guys on the other hand Chris I think I think any job I mean if if the type of job I mean you got you got the days we all have our days and uh, being a mechanic there's so much stuff we have such a large fleet every single vehicle even two vehicles that you think are twins are very different. You know, no different than my brother and myself. You know, and we're, we're, we're different as much as you might think we're the same. But the – so every day it's a new challenge. The, the weather brings new challenges for the operators, whoever, whatever somebody's doing. So there's always a new thing that's broken. As the mission changes, you know, different vehicles have different priorities. As vehicles age, different things wear out. So some days, I mean, you, you come in and – it's not a good day. That's the best way to put it. But end all be all, at least for me, I mean, I'm a, I'm a car guy. That's what I do. That's what I've done since, geez, 10, 11 years old. That's what I've done my entire life is work on stuff. It's what I'm good at. It's what I genuinely love doing. So when I'm doing that, when I'm fixing something, I like the new challenges. I like that you'll, you'll never know it all. No matter what, there's always more to learn. And I love that about it. So at least with that piece, you know, I do love my job when I'm being a mechanic. <laughs> so, Sean? I definitely agree with uh, quite a bit of like what Chris said is um, it's, there's definitely good days, bad days. Some days you come to work and you'll show up and there's five, ten things sitting out front because something happened or I'll get called in on a Saturday night. You never know. And but it's one of those things, just like you said, it's, just, it's mostly a familiarization thing. For me, it's it's what I know, it's what I'm good at. And uh, I definitely take a, a – I have a pretty strong sense of pride in regards to my job. You know, I, every once in a while I get a chance to kind of take a step back, especially it, it, a good sense of pride comes from when I'm training some of my new guys, you know, when they're, when they're coming in and starting to go through. And it's sometimes it's a daunting task because it's just one thing after another. Man, there's just so much to learn, et cetera, et cetera. But when I start sit, take a step back and really look at the total picture, is you know, we got we got people coming in that are mechanics. You know, and in a nutshell, most people would view it as, okay, your typical Jiffy Lube techs, you're changing oil and changing tires, and that's m mostly what people would expect, and that's all they see. But if you spend some time in a, in a vehicle management shop and you actually watch what the maintenance technicians do, it's everything from engine rebuilds, to transmission overhauls, to rep repairing and replacing components most people didn't even know existed. We work on HVAC systems. We work on high-voltage electricity, low-voltage electricity, computer diagnostics. We weld of all different types, make, TIG, stick, different materials, uh, chemical stuff we deal with, too. It, so there's a good sense of pride in taking a step back and just seeing the amount of skill that actually like that can go into being a good mechanic. Um, it, like, like Chris said, you, you'll never learn it all. It, it just... As you go through the years, you know, we've, we've had people, my prior supervisor retired with over 40 years of service. And even at the end, he told me, he's like, I don't know anything. 
and uh, you know, as as much as he knew, it's just it'll it never stops because there's so much you know you can encompass so much into this career field, um, and you can of course get by with the basics, and that's what the Air Force schools teach you. Of course, they teach you the basics to get in there, and and then it's just a, a constant learning curve. You know, to to be really proficient, you know, it takes a lot of um, effort, I, I suppose you could say, to really get out there and, and learn your craft. But it's it's just that it's definitely a craft. Um, and then, of course, on the negative side, yeah, it's a lot of work. <laughs> it, it, it can you can really bury yourself. So it, it's it's kind of a give and take. You really get back what you put into it, and uh, especially in in a career field like ours, being at a base like this, you know, if I'm just kind of pushing the trucks out, just kind of making them work, they're gonna come back, and it's just gonna make more work for me on the long run. So it, it's. It's it's kind of interesting to look at the total picture and look at the formula that really can go into this whole this job itself. So it's really it's really got hard for these guys. I mean, all the mechanics really because vehicles are always breaking down. They stay really busy. Like not a day doesn't go by when a someone calls and says, "Oh, this is broken." Blah 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 blah, and we have to do a quick turnaround. It's keeping them always busy. I think what I failed to mention, too, is that the three of you are full-time technicians. You're not just traditional guardsmen. Mm-hmm. You know, the the one weekend a month, two-plus weeks a year, you're here Monday through Friday, bare minimum, doing this stuff full-time. Yep. We did a feature on you, Chris, and Sean, uh, fraternal twin brothers, working elbow-to-elbow over there at the shop for years now, full-time, and... Uh, you guys share this common interest, this common love of vehicles. Sean, I think you said, or maybe it was you, Chris, I don't remember, that you think you own or have owned just about every type of vehicle there is that that doesn't have wings. That's correct, yeah. I think uh, just trying to piece it together here of, jeez, oh, we just keep, it just keeps happening. <laughs> I mean, if we're yeah. being honest here, yeah, I mean, give us a second, but neither one of us actually know how many vehicles we own. I have, I have no idea. You, I, should, you should see the crazy things that they drive know. into work. It's, it's yep. nuts. Yep. Trolleys. I was just going to say, there's a trolley rolling around <laughs> somewhere. I can't Mini even trucks, picture that. Like, yeah. picture that. Yep. We've had everything from various types of motorcycles to... Mini trucks to school buses to the, the current trolley that you that you mentioned. It's deuce and a halfs and everything, and now it's turned into toys. I mean, we had a dozen, maybe two dozen jet skis. I just bought a dirt bike last night too. And you know. get and you get these things know. cheap because they're project vehicles for the most part, and yeah. you have the skills. Oh to, yeah, I mean, we own run. We own between the two of us probably 50, 60 vehicles, but it doesn't mean it doesn't mean they all run. They're not they're not something we're driving to work every day. I mean. I think uh, there's I, less than ten that we can drive. <laughs> I think we we did the math out. I I think I'm for the ones I own. I think I'm on the positive. I think most of them run. <laughs> Only a couple are on the road. That's a, that's but. a subjective statement. <laughs> yeah. It's funny they'll uh, say, "Oh, we just bought this last night," and we just roll our eyes. We're like, "Of course you guys did." <laughs> yeah, you guys don't even know. I bought a dirt bike last night too. So. <laughs> Senior Airman Steen, Staff Sergeant Wood, and Tech Sergeant Wood. Thank you for taking time out of your busy day to join me for the podcast. Of course. Of course. Anytime. Thanks for listening to your New Hampshire National Guard podcast.